What's up, cheese bags, and welcome in to the H&M Trucking Podcast, episode 10. Can you believe it? We've already got 10 episodes in the bag for the H&M Trucking Podcast to go with our 18 episodes of Unplugged OTR. So make sure if you're looking for something to listen to and you want a little entertainment mixed in with some trucking, uh, go back and check out Unplugged OTR. I greatly miss Caleb and Maria in here with me. Uh, We had a lot of fun, and those episodes are always up on our same feed for you to go check out. But the H&M Trucking Podcast is prepped and ready today to bring you an episode with a ton of information. Yes, today we are talking about the freight market, all things freight market. And and look, I studied a little bit of economics in college, uh, but probably not enough to be an authority on this stuff. So I've set up uh, a couple of really good interviews. We're going to do a driver profile. We're going to talk to Tim Kruger from JFL Logistics. He is responsible for running the uh, brokerage there. And um, man, Uh, I have the sneaking feeling Tim's going to give us a lot of insight that maybe uh, we don't have. I I shouldn't say we. I definitely don't have it. Econ was tough for me in college, man. Especially my my Econ 101 class, I was perpetually distracted because there was this dude. I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but you all know I'm 38 years old. I went to college in the early 2000s. And there was this guy that used to wear these Tommy Hilfiger polos, and he used to wear three of them stacked on top of one another, and he would pop the collars and iron them out. So he kind of looked like a like a, a villain from Abercrombie and Fitch or something like that. I could not focus because I'd just sit there and look at this idiot. And look, if you come from a collar-popping generation like I do, and that was your choice at the time, I'm okay with it. Look, we've all made our choices, okay? I used to wear my hat kind of like 45 degrees off to the side. We've done things. I had a pierced ear, just one, and no, I didn't stretch it out. So I understand that we all make choices, and sometimes the choices that we make in our youth, we got to look back on them. And ugh. Uh, But I don't know enough about economics, long story short, to give you the information. So I've called in the experts. We're going to talk to president of H&M, James Fonda. And actually, I would like to mention a a nice thank you to uh, James Fonda and the H&M trucking family for welcoming me with open arms. That's right. I was in Omaha, Nebraska, all the way from Eugene, Oregon last week, spent three full days at H&M getting to know the staff. Uh, I think I met close to everybody. There was a few people that were kind of stragglers there that I think we we spoke in passing, but I didn't get to officially meet you. So if you're listening and you're part of that H&M family in the front office there, thank you so much. Uh, that was such a fun time. I think the podcast is going to be leaps and bounds better now that I've actually met people face to face. I always say, It's easy to ignore a phone call, but once you've seen me in person and you know that I have legs, I'm not just a head on a computer screen, uh, that's when I get really hard to ignore. Let's face it, I'm pretty hard to ignore as it is. Uh, This voice, this personality, it's kind of all over the place, so you'll see me, but again, thank you H&M for for such a cool week and, and thanks for playing host. Um, we've got so much good content out of those three days I spent with them. So looking forward to it. But for now, let's talk about the freight market. From Omaha, Nebraska to whatever lane you're driving. This is the H&M Trucking Podcast with your host, Marcus Bridges. beginning to be like a weekly thing now when we get uh, president of H&M, James Fonda, on the podcast. And guess what? Not changing it up this week either. James, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing today? Great. Awesome. Glad to be back. <laughs> I, I hope so. And I'm like <laughs> I said last week, I, now that I've seen you face to face, I'll know if you're lying to me when you say that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about the freight market today. Uh, we got some great stuff uh, from Tim Kruger over at JFL Logistics and uh, wanted to bring you in and and just have you talk to me a little bit about the current freight market. What kind of trends are you seeing? And, uh, you know, you don't have to sugarcoat it for me. We're, we're here to, uh, to really dig into this. So what are you seeing out there right now? Well, it's a mix of, there's a lot of uh, everything. It's kind of unprecedented. And it's not just uh, our market, it's all trucking. Uh, you're, you know, you typically would see, um, when you see rate pressures, uh, you would see influx and equipment availability and, and stuff like that, which is not the case. So you have a, a lot of different 
sort some. You know, people have a lot of different uh, inputs that are not do not align to a normal uh, trucking cycle, uh, which makes things a little unpredictable. And you know, you just kind of go with your gut instinct. And luckily, we're we're a solid company, so we don't have much to worry about. But you know, those, those smaller guys are going to have they're going to have some some months of uh, headwinds against them. What are some of the things that can knock you out of that, uh, or not knock you, but knock the market out of that normal cycle that you're referring to? Well, it all started with, you know, 2020 and then the lack of uh, equipment availability, all that just sparked it all. So it, then it moves into, in a typical cycle, you'd see, you know, if there's all of a sudden, let's say that, let's say we get, we're full and I, I would just go buy 10 more trucks, right? Uh, when you have driver availability. Well, right now you can't do that. So that, that's, you, I mean, you're still having trouble just replacing your current equipment. So that in itself, you know, the you know, you have two thoughts in, in some of these these companies. Some are like, oh, I just want to hang out with the smaller guys, right? Your fifty or hundred truck companies. Uh, you know, like, I just want to hang out here. You know, I, you know, you'll talk to them. Like, I don't know why these bigger carriers. Why are you guys just keep expanding when there's all of a sudden the driver market's tight? Like, just let it be that way. And it's and it's like, well, all those pressures just come back to it. You, you still you're still having wage um, wage pressures coming into play. Not so much on the driver side, but at least in the, uh, definitely you're feeling on the office side. You know the, the driver side over over the years, uh, especially us, uh, is kind of picked up and, and kept pace where where it needs to be, uh, and, and for the for the demand, but, you know. But now you're having pressures from customers coming back and saying, "Oh, you have to cut rates because you know fuel surcharge is lower." Well, that fuel surcharge has nothing to do with the where the rates are at. The rates are at because equipment costs, driver costs, employee costs, office costs, whatever it is. So, now, long story short. Yeah. Now there was one thing that you touched on there that I'm, because I've been counting now. Um, I think that right now we're at week 125 of two weeks to stop the spread as far as COVID is concerned. Um, get that number up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just wondering when you think that this equipment shortage and, and the, you know, like you said, you can't just go out and buy 10 trucks right now. You have trouble finding parts just to repair the trucks that are on the road. Is there an end in sight at this point? You know, we just, um, luckily we have like 108 trucks coming in this year. I plan on selling 88, but to get back on pace, I would have had to have 140 trucks coming in this year just to sell. But you know, I, I, I still got to build in that growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next year we'll still, we'll be another heavy, uh, if we, again, if we can get it, another heavy truck, uh, purchase here. Cause like last year we had 120 trucks in order and we were, we ordered that maybe a year and a half in advance because of uh, what was going on and also because of Jim taking over in the shop. So it made it easy. We just did two years in a row and said, this is what our needs are. And then we ended up only receiving of the 120, 60 were canceled. Whoa. And then we only end up receiving 40 trucks. Are you serious? So, so you got a third 20, of, you got a third of what you ordered. Right. And 20, then the last, the remaining 20, uh, they got shoved into this year. So, so of the 108 that are coming in this year, technically 20 of those are from last year. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's way down the line. You're looking at two plus years in the future that, 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 uh, you know, cut of two thirds of your order is going to affect you. That's crazy. Right. So, you know, now next year, if I can get another decent size order, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at a couple, couple of years of, uh, of this and it's, just, it's not just us. It's, it's all equipment, you know, airliners, right? Like, uh, uh, United has uh, just announced they're putting in two new planes um, into service per week. Um, I mean, that's a, I mean, think about that. That's huge. So, you know, the, the economy is just in this weird, weird spot because equipment-heavy companies like ourselves, we have to keep up. We have to get back on track. But other sectors of the economy are not that way. So, you know, the economy is going to be kind of held up by, again, more or less trucking, uh, but not for the ways you'd think it would be being held up. It's just because we we have to you know purchase all this equipment and that keep, and that that will help that'll help continue to spread the economy as well. So no, uh, it's just it's a it's an interesting interesting thing to navigate. Yeah, I mean it's like a huge crop of new drivers waiting to take the wheel doesn't do you any good if you don't have them any if you don't have anything to put them in, right? I mean right. It's, you're, you're just kind of <laughs> hoping like, it's like hey hang in there buddy we <laughs> we'll get something someday right. and then two and a half years later that guy's truck shows up great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Got it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but these are just the, the times you live in. I, like, I, I joked with uh, Dale a few weeks ago. I said, since 2020, it just seems like every single week is something new. Yeah. So, um, 
It's almost like I, I've had I, I actually joked with Brian at advance today. I said, yep, 2025 is going to be really boring. <laughs> you know, we're building this new office. We're building this new shop next year for the trailer shop, and you know, we're, do, we're doing a bunch of stuff in the office trying to get these trucks. And I said, "Yep, 2025 is going to be a really boring year." That's figure out how to make that, how to make that interesting. Uh, something tells me there's a small part of you that's looking forward to a boring year, James. Uh, well, probably not. <laughs> I, I say that. I might say that. It might come out of my mouth, but like I, I am who I am, so I'll, I'll go make I'll go make trouble somewhere. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, hey, we'll do a podcast episode on whatever you get into. I'm all about that. Right. Uh, you're you're keeping it interesting for me. So, uh, you know, we had Tim. Like I said, Tim Kruger from JFL Logistics on. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you created JFL Logistics? So we did get, had been floating the idea for probably three years. I just have the. I was kind of restructuring internally at the time over the last few years and getting, you know, uh, getting good staff in, you know, just building a solid base. So finally I felt like I had that. And I had a person I could move over into that position. And the, the real the, the goal of it is to take excess freight that we are currently not taking at all from our customers. And instead of saying, Hey, yeah, we can take this because this is what our, we can cover. No, but we can we can also take care of the rest of your needs too. Kind of just a one stop shop for all their needs, um, and, and then additionally go find new customers and use it as a sales arm as well, right? Like not only can H and M benefit by saying, "Hey, we can we can help you and take all this excess freight, let our brokerage take care of it," but the brokerage can now go go out there and find uh, new customers, then potentially you know leverage that back to uh, as a customer base for H and M. So it's a, it's a two a two pronged approach. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like uh, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. It sounds like. Right. So this is a fun question. I actually had some help here because listen, I'm 38 years old, so I don't have these kind of terms in my vocabulary, but uh, a couple I mean, I'm of the- 34, so hold on. <laughs> okay. Well, it, if you're completely lost on what I say here, just tell me and I'll, I'll reform it. But I, I've got to use this term because the question uh, that was, that was posed was how do you secure the bag for your drivers when it comes to making sure they get miles in a market like this? that from a driver or from a, an uh, office person? Secure uh, the bag. Secure the bag. It actually came from uh, from some of the podcast support team, which skews a little younger. Uh, secure the uh, bag, basically meaning like, you know. Well, if, I understand what it means. I oh, just, okay. it like, we're trying to figure out where that was coming from. Yeah, uh, it's not me. Is I think the... Uh, the <laughs> definitely not you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, man, that's hard, that's hard to say, right? Like, Secure the bag for the miles of the drivers, right? You know, I, I, I joke about this. You know, a, a couple of years ago, we had a driver. That she came up to me and said, uh, uh, I don't know why any of your trucks ever go north. You should just hang out south of whatever. And then you're like, well, 80% of the population lives north of that. So that's well, that's where the trucks go. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a mix of finding customer freight with, uh, with, uh, you know, driver friendly lanes, like where we'd like to go and like to see, but at the same time, like the reason that we pay well is because we go after good paying freight. So, you know, do we, do I come out of the gate and say like, Oh, I'm going to promise you X and X miles. And you're always going to get this. No, I would never say that because I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring you. Um, but as consistency, like, yeah, we, we I mean, we do, We'll look at stuff and say, and JFL is a key, key example of that. And actually our Southeast division was the primary focus of that. We, we weren't taking a bunch of freight because I knew our drivers would hate this. And, but also you create a Southeast division or a brokerage firm. And next thing you know, you're like, well, now this is in our ballpark because these guys are, this is what they're used to. Like they don't, they're not needing those long miles. So, uh, and, and in turn, we'll, we'll come back and better support the OTR driver uh, so, you know, as, as we build out the Southeast and the Midwest, and then once again, as we get more trucks, continue to build up the Midwest regional and then the South, kind of think of like a triangle. And then eventually my goal is to have five or six of these regional around the country. That will better, better support that driver that's securing the bag for the long haul, right? Because they're not having to, to dick around with, with the sort of stuff that we have to cover because the customer's like, well, you get, if you, if you want that, then you have to take this. That's kind of how it works. Okay. So they're, they're kind of like, listen, we're not going to give you all of the steak without you taking some of the vegetables. Like you need, right. you need to, yep. yeah, you need to, yeah, you're going to have to, you have to you pull your weight. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So, uh, what, what's the sales strategy? You kind of touched on it a little bit there, but what's your sales strategy for H and M, uh, going forward? Obviously we're like you said, 
2025 is going to be a boring year, uh, maybe. But at the same time, you've got, yeah, you've got a new set of problems every week. It's got to be hard to kind of build a strategy when there's a little bit of uncertainty in the future. So what what kind of strategy as far as sales are you looking at going forward? Uh, you know, so we're, we're making a few changes in the hop division. Um, Bashar is going to be retiring next year. Uh, so I'm, get, I'm building up that structure and, and, re, and we're going to kind of revamp that a little bit. So it's not, it's, and I say it's, it this way. You come in every day with a plan. Like don't just come in and throw trucks at the mud at the, at the, at the wall and just like, oh, we're going to go here. Well, why are you going there? Focus on what you're doing, right? Same with the, the sales strategy is no different, right? Like let's focus on where we're going and why we're doing it and the type of customer we're going after. The, the, the new focus is now actually a joint force between the Hopper Group, the Van Group, and the Brokerage Group. So I, I have uh, Tim kind of leading that that charge where they meet once a week, at least in the beginning, uh, the two from each group, and uh, and we're going to start kind of focusing as a group effort, not to, not be so siloed. And what what will that provide the the company moving forward? Is that that's just kind well, of an opportunity, right? Like you know, you're you're always trying to find a new what what's a new opportunity, right? If, if I can replace ten percent of my worst customers for whatever reason, then whether that be a headache or whether that be pay, you know, you're going to take that opportunity. Like you should always be looking for uh, for the ne- the next opportunity. And if if someone's not keeping pace where you need to be, then you chop them. Um, and I, I, I believe that more than just customers. Uh, uh, world, but that's for a conversation for the day. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, and I think that's important to touch on and, and let the drivers out there that are listening right now know that you're you're keeping your eye on these customers, and if they are causing problems out there, uh, it's only going to be a matter of time before maybe you trim the fat and go with somebody that's not going to cause those problems. Right. Well, it's all about pulling your weight, and uh, you know, it's it, look the steak's great. I, I had one last night. They served it with some weird kind of glazed carrots. I ate them. I wasn't happy about it, but I did it just to you know respect the chef. So I guess I kind of understand this whole thing. You know, it, it's tough not being a driver, not being actually involved in the company for me to understand these things from time to time. So I appreciate you giving me like a layman's definition here and and walking me through it because I, I've learned just in talking to you and Tim about the freight market, I've learned like an exponential amount and, and there's really a lot of nuance to it is what I found. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, and everything about trucking is it's all integrated, right? Like even like the, the, our equipment sales, right? We're, we're getting ready to start selling equipment again. So that it all of a sudden brings excitement to the fleet, right? But it's not just the fleet. Like we'll get cu- cu- uh, customer uh, compliments. They'll say, you know, how nice your new trucks look, how nice these new, new like those prestige hopper trailers look. It's full picture, right? And you're building, you know, going forward, and that's kind of the thing with the new office, and we're building a brand, right? Like, we're a brand that you're going to come and you're going to be treated, the, the driver, you're going to be treated for fair, and the customer, we're going to take care of you, and, you know, we, we are a premium brand. And that's what we're, that's what we're going after on, on whether that's uh, the driver or that's the office employee. And, and you touched on it. We're going to call it back because they are so damn good looking. The Prestige Hopper trailer. I have a 56 foot spot to park an RV in my driveway and I don't have a trailer. But if I did, it would be a Prestige Hopper, uh, a Prestige <laughs> Distinction. I mean, I, those things. I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty sexy. So. They <laughs> really are. I mean, it does not surprise me at all that somebody would see one of those and be like, yeah, just sell all the rest of them that I've got and give me all of those ones, however many you can make. Such, <laughs> such a good looking piece of equipment. Well, listen, James, I know that you're on a tight schedule. As always, we really appreciate you coming on here. Anything else you'd like to offer the drivers before I let you go that might concern the uh, the freight market in general? No, I don't think there's much, uh, you know, much concern at this point. Uh, and, you know, we've been around for a long time. I know how to keep things going for a long time, so... It's been part of my blood and my family, so you know you don't you don't look at a one year or two year deal. You look at a what's a what's a five or a ten year look at. So there you go, and that's why they call him the president of H and M, James Fonda. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again next time. Have a good one. Later. Joining us now on the podcast is Tim Kruger from JFL Logistics. Tim, thanks for stopping by today. Well, thanks for having me on, Marcus. I appreciate it. Now, real quick, talk to me. Tell me what JFL Logistics does. Yeah, so we're a third-party uh, logistics company. Um, we help move full truckloads as um, any product you could think of, you know, on any trailer type you could think of. 
you know, we're hooked in with H&M Trucking, where they're subsidiary brokerage. So, you know, all their customers they bring in, um, we're basically their one-stop shop for logistics needs. If that's using the asset side or if that's using us for the brokerage, we can help move, you know, anything from bulk freight on hopper trailers, belt trailers, walking floor trailers, end up trailers all the way to vans, reefers, flatbeds, LTL shipments, box trucks, anything you can think of. If you want something moved by air, land, or sea, we'll, we'll provide that service for you. Wow. That was a great answer. I, I mean, yeah. that's really, really all encompassing there. So what is your position at JFL? So my position at JFL, I am the operations manager. I have a team of three employees under me. I have one freight broker who's doing all of our, you know, inside and outside sales. I have uh, a carrier support specialist who is uh, front running our dispatching service. And I have a, an employee who's kind of our utility player who, you know, helps us build loads, do all our check calls, helps find us freight as well for, for our dispatching service. Uh, and does a lot of uh, one-on-ones with uh, drivers that we're dispatching for, correct? The value of a utility player is through the roof for me, and I don't understand, you know, you don't see it a lot in Major League Baseball anymore. I feel like utility infielders used to be something every team had three or four of, somebody that can do pretty much everything. That sounds like a valuable member of the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's grown, you know, greatly in her role. We brought her on as a carrier sales rep. But, you know, with a couple, you know, switches and being a new company and kind of pivoting here and there and, you know, a dispatching service, I didn't want to start for the first two years, but kind of got thrown into it with, you know, some of our trailer leasing and whatnot. So she's been doing, you know, a jack of all trades and, you know, she's not a clearly an expert in one area, but she started to become an expert in a lot of areas, which is fantastic for us. That's awesome. Well, she's famous now. She's on a podcast. It's, it's been right, cemented exactly. in history. So. <laughs> Uh, if she ever <laughs> feels like she needs a compliment, she can come right to episode 10 of the H&M Trucking Podcast and we'll have her hooked up. Now, you kind of already did this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway because I've got it written down here. Can you give me an elevator pitch of how JFL works within the freight market and also talk a little bit about how the relationship with H&M is structured? Yeah, absolutely. Just as I kind of described before how we're partnering up with H&M, um, you know, where that connection comes from is we help with a lot of overflow with their current customers. You know, sometimes they're like, hey, can you take this? Can you take this? Can you take this? And it, you know, and freight, you know, in one minute, everything could be working just fine. And the next it's, you know, a fire that just exploded on you. And, you know, problem after problem after problem comes through and trucks don't make it on time and you can't make these reloads to where they can come to us and be like, hey, we just had, you know, our truck broke down. We can't make this pickup can you come in and find us a carrier and, you know, help us with our, you know, revenue at that point and help our margin right now, right before I came in here, they shot me over a load and be like, Hey, can you get this picked up tomorrow? We shot it out there. We hit up our uh, carrier network and we got that love cover for them to make it on time to, you know, keeping their service marks for their customers. You know, where we fit in is we're that jack of all trades for companies and customers and food and beverage all the way to steel um, and also in the bulk commodities for, for dog food and, and cattle feed. From there, we help out with those customers and do the heavy lifting to find those carriers and vet every single carrier that comes in to prevent fraud and to let them know that their freight is in good hands and it will be on time. So it kind of sounds like much like you have a utility infielder that works for you at the company, you're kind of the utility infielder for H&M a little bit where you can handle pretty much anything. Yep, absolutely. You know, our, our hopper team would be like, hey, Tim, same thing, same issue. We got this customer freight we can't cover. I'll come in um, and we like our big, big, vast carrier network that I've been working on since we started last year that Faith, who has been doing our carrier support specialist, has helped out with Victoria and then bringing in our new freight broker, John. We're all building this network up to make JFL just as, as successful as H&M is. That's awesome. Uh, so let's move to, you know, our episode today. We're talking about the freight market kind of in general. Um, and that was why we wanted to have you on because obviously uh, you're well tuned in to the freight market as a whole. And I know that it's it's hard to give me like a snapshot of what the freight market looks like right now without covering a thousand different bases. But can you give me that 100 miles up look of, of what the freight market in the United States looks like right now? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's starting to become a shock to a lot of carriers right now. 
you're coming off a lot of, you know, post COVID, um, where COVID was going on and rates were through the roof because of, you know, all the supply chain issues that were occurring because of COVID, you know, the lack of capacity wasn't there. A lot of these customers, you know, these big time customers, as far as, you know, like Land Lakes or Winfield, Sherwin-Williams, like all these, you know, they need their product to get there and they were paying a premium dollar. Well, we're starting to get back into some normalcy here. Um, you're starting to see a lot of post-COVID freight moving and you're seeing a lot of rates drop significantly, especially on the van, flatbed and reefer side. Um, you know, before you were running, you know, 250, 275, three bucks a mile on those sides. And now you're seeing some lanes running at a dollar fifty, dollar sixty-five, dollar seventy-five. And that's kind of what you were seeing, uh, pre-COVID. Um, the bulk freight on, you know, you know, they were hitting around the same numbers. And when times were good, you were running on the loaded mile, 385, 375. But now you're barely lucky to get $3 on the loaded mile. And a lot of capacity is starting to come back in which is becoming a very heavily one-sided to the shipper market. A lot of the trends I see right now, you're not going to see, you know, probably till the end of the year where it might shift back for the carrier. Um, That's great for us because right now as a broker, we have that, you know, trusted customer freight that comes through our door and we can go out to carriers and, you know, you know, our job is to make margins on that. Uh, you know, get it for a customer at, you know, price A and we sell it at price B and move the freight where we need to. And, you know, our market shares are going to jump up significantly, but there will be a turn and it always happens. And I don't see it moving until next year. Um, it will start to favor the carrier again. As all those come in, we might see, you know, some customers that didn't give us a shot because they were working with with assets. And then when that finally shifts, that's going to open it back up to us bringing more customer freight too. So as a broker, you kind of teeter, you know, back and forth on a few things and you try and read the market best you can because you don't want to, you know, lowball yourself and then you're losing a lot of money and, you know, you're trying to move it to help the customer. So it kind of fluctuates that way. But right now it's a very, very far sided with the shippers and they're getting the rates they want. They're moving the freight they need to. Now, with respect to the mechanics of the market, um, how do you forecast when you're looking forward? Like you said, you know, at the end of this year, maybe the beginning of next year, it might kind of shift back to being a, a bit more of a carrier market. What are you looking for to to give you that forecast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we use, um, you know, I use a website called Freightways. Uh, they always, you know, release market data that's coming through um, every single day they kind of give you a pretty decent insight of where freight's moving. And, and obviously like harvesting season that's comes up, you know, when watermelons start shipping, when oranges start shipping, avocados coming up from California is a huge time um, or coming up from Mexico, sorry, into the California into Texas, they start moving out. Um, you kind of have to pay attention to those seasons when they roll through because that's when, Hey, we have all these shipments, we need carriers. And that's when they pay top dollar for all that. You know, at some point, you know, if prices keep dropping, you do see these smaller carriers, these owner ops to where, you know, they can't keep up with the price decline and they don't have the cash backflow to keep themselves running. And you see a lot of capacity leave at that point. You see the price of um, another thing of like, you know, for carriers right now, you see the price of parts go up. You see uh, the price of fuel go up. Uh, Insurance has gone up. But then when you see a consistent downfall of rates, your capacity either a starts going out of business or, you know, come summertime, a lot of truck drivers will leave to go do construction jobs. So your capacity shrinks quite a bit. You know, when that happens, you just kind of have to play and just see how things are running and keep an eye on, uh, you know, dad has a, a great software that we use as well. That gives you a map that says, Hey, these are loose areas um, to where if you see a very loose area, that's great for brokers and bad for carriers. But if you see a very tight area for capacity, that's where if you're going in there as a carrier, you're going to be able to name your price to get out of there. So that's kind of what we use um, just to keep on market value and see where everything's moving and what's moving at what time is kind of how we adjust. We also have a lot of internal data we go off of from, you know, H&M has been around since 87 and they have lands all over the country that we can look at and see what prices have moved and we can graph those out and see what we're thinking. So it sounds like you just kind of are analyzing a mountain of data to to try to get a, an idea about what's coming. Are you 
always sort of looking forward or do you look back at say trends that developed within the last year uh, to try to help you with that analysis? Oh yeah. You're, you're always looking forward. You're always seeing like kind of what's moving and what's out there, but obviously like your, your data from the past always helps, Um, you know, with COVID it has skewed things quite a bit. So it has been a little more difficult to read those markets, but you know, as things, like I said, start coming back to normalcy and, you know, where you're seeing capacity shrink up and trying to stay ahead of those things as far as, you know, looking at the stuff that Freightways is bringing out as far as, you know, data is concerned, um, you know, where you're seeing a lot of holdups at shippers and receivers and then working with DAT to see, you know, they're pulling in data, you know, constantly. So you get to see a lot of rates that are going through, a lot of reports that are coming through, and you can kind of judge the market at that point. But yes, it is a data dump that you are <laughs> constantly looking at and, always judging and always trying to get the right pricing. And that's where, you know, that's, that's awesome for that. Um, they have a whole RFP system that you can throw 12 lanes in there and then it'll price it out. You know, if you want the year, you want 36 or, you know, uh, 30 days, eight days, it kind of can give you a general idea of where you need to be at. Like I said, it's not always correct, but it gives you a good idea on where to navigate and it, give, it allows you to make your own decisions from there, from your own internal data too. Got it. Well, thank God for uh, for technology, huh? Or maybe we should thank Bill Gates or Tim Cook or somebody yeah, like that. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> one of those guys, uh, one of those people that's way smarter than I am. Well, uh, it sounds like you kind of have uh, your 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 finger on the pulse of the market. And that's one of the reasons we brought you on today. Uh, very, very grateful for your time here. I like to, because this podcast is mostly for drivers that are out on the road, I like to give my interviewees uh, the floor. And and if you have anything to say to your drivers, whether they be H&M, whether they be, uh, you know, just out there driving for any other company, uh, what would you what would you say to drivers right now, Tim, about your market forecast that it's it's probably going to turn around here before too long? Is, is there like a hang tough message or anything like that you have for them? Yeah, that's that's honestly exactly what it would be. Just just hang in there. Hang, hang as tough as you can in there like especially on my side for brokerage, we pay on, you know, obviously service and I will pay an extra service on that. A lot of guys are just like, no, nope, this is the market. This is what I'm covering at. It's like, no, like I'm, I always tell them like, I'm in here behind the desk. I go home every day. The drivers out there are literally doing all the hard work, dealing with, you know, upset uh, shippers, receivers, like especially if their day's going bad, they take the front force of it. And I relate to, you know, all of that pretty well. Um, when I was at H&M, I had, you know, Tom Woods would always get on me or, or Ronnie Jones would be calling me. And I'm still friends with these guys today. I talk to all my drivers. I don't even customize drivers. It, like these guys are my friends now. And for me, it's it's just respect. As far as like brokerages go, it's, it's respect and how you talk to drivers and, and how you talk to the people who are doing the tough work for you goes a long way in this industry. You know, you, you talk to these guys and they become your friends. You learn about their families, their friends, their pets, you know, everything about them, their hobbies. Like we have a driver right now who, who is from Moss Point, Mississippi, who is part of a uh, motorcycle, I guess, gang you would call them. And they're the first, you know, biracial motorcycle gang. And they're, they're like number two in the country on biggest motorcycle gangs. And like you start, you send me pictures all the time of like their 300 plus ride alongs. It's really cool to see and, and really get to meet new people and they become friends. And, but, you know, all, overall message, hang in there, keep moving, uh, keep spinning those wheels. The money will come and the market will shift. It always does. That's great stuff. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm obviously not a truck driver. I'm a podcaster right. that talks to truck <laughs> drivers, but uh, I, I can definitely echo your sentiment there. I, I've got to talk to a lot of H&M drivers and also drivers outside of the company uh, since I started this gig and I have a tremendous respect for the job that they do and the things that they put up with out there. Uh, we wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for all of those things. And so uh, just, you know, hats off to uh, putting up with everything that they put up with and having a guy like you uh, on their side, it sounds like just another uh, tool in their tool belt. So uh, I want to say thanks to you as well, Tim. Uh, it's been, this has been some great info that you've given us here. Uh, we really appreciate your time. And I can almost guarantee that when the brass hears this interview, they'll suggest you come back on another time sometime in the future and talk to us again. Yeah, hopefully that'd be fantastic, Marcus. I appreciate you having me on. I'd love to come back and, you know, talk shop or, you know, talk whatever you're, you're thinking or 
you know, if you're, you go into anything as far as driver relations go, you know, I would love to be back on and talk to you about that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Tim Kruger, JFL Logistics. Have a great day and thanks again. Yep. Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate it. So I got to take a little trip here recently. And when I say recently, I mean, uh, it was actually this week. I got to venture to the Midwest. Never been before. They flew me out from little old Eugene, Oregon. Uh, missed a flight, flew red eye, landed in Omaha. Things got weird for a few days. Uh, drove to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, then to Kansas City all in one day. I made the Midwest swing, and it was really cool to get to meet a lot of people that work at H&M, drivers, uh, front office staff, the guys down at the shop. Uh, it felt spoiled, and honestly, some of the nicest people I've ever met. I, I need to have some of the people that I live with around here in Eugene take lessons on how to gas me up because I got more compliments in the first three days of that trip than I've received since I got married from anyone other than my wife. So um, thank you, first of all, to the entire staff. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But one theme that came up over and over and over again during my time at H&M was where is Maria? What did you do with her? What did you say to her? Why is she not on the podcast anymore? Well, I live to serve. So please welcome from Unplugged OTR, 18 great episodes that you can listen to as your heart desires. Maria, welcome back and thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. It's so nice to be back. And uh, Marcus, the Midwest wins. I think so. You definitely need to spend more time in the Midwest. I think so. Now that they're shipping Tillamook ice cream out there, I could probably hang. Uh, the, <laughs> the food was good. I had a steak for lunch, which I haven't done in a while. That was an Omaha thing, the luncheon steak. Wow. Um, Bougie. I mean, I ate like a complete ass the entire time I was down there. I just, I wanted <laughs> to try it all. I did get some Kansas City barbecue, some authentic KC barbecue right before we hopped on the plane and, and uh, flew back out west. So, but- um, shout out to driver Chris Toogood, who you might remember we had on uh, Unplugged OTR oh, yes. back in the day. He was a fantastic interview, and uh, he loves listening to the podcast. He told me some things about me that I didn't even remember saying, and uh, so he's obviously listening, <laughs> but he wanted to know what you were up to, Maria. He was like, where's she at? How come she hasn't come back? You said she was going to come back. And I've, I've been eating Tillamook ice cream. There you go. What do you mean? She's been <laughs> I just, I left the podcast to pursue my dream of being an ice cream aficionado and it's going really well. I've gained about 300 pounds and I can't move. So that's, you know, Marcus asked me to be on the podcast today and I said, I've got nothing else to do. So I'd love to be there. I'm just eating ice cream. Well, I, I have big ups to your microphone because I would not have noticed 300 pounds in your voice. I, normally, <laughs> that's something I would expect to hear like a bit of a labored breathing, but you're doing great. The microphone takes off 300 pounds, okay. so we're doing awesome. <laughs> Perfect. You know, one thing, Maria, that I thought would be fun to talk to you about is uh, is Chris. Once again, when I was chatting with him, um, he, he told me that during Unplugged OTR, when that was happening, which, by the way, just for a reset, and I know sometimes people get mad when I repeat myself, but understand there's thought behind it. I want you to know there's 18 episodes of Unplugged OTR in this exact same podcast feed. You can go listen to them whenever you want. And if you've just started joining us during the H&M Trucking Podcast, Maria was one of my co-hosts, along with Caleb. Um, and, uh, Chris thought Maria that I was a little hard on Caleb when we had him, uh, for unplugged OTR. Chris said, you know, you really, you didn't let him get away with much. And, and you were, you were pretty heavy handed from time to time. Did you think I was too hard on Caleb Maria? Hell no. I think it was great. Caleb needed it and he loves you and he'll always love you. But Caleb, uh, Caleb dishes it, whether y'all know it or not, from the podcast. He can he can dish it also. Yeah. So necessary jab. There's multiple <laughs> uh, minutes of each day when Caleb was still with us that I would have to work with Caleb not on the podcast. So you guys only get half the story, okay? <laughs> uh, guy was a real fire and brimstone manager, um, like like none I'd ever seen. But <laughs> I told Chris, listen, if Caleb would take a shot of ranch with the ketchup back and just prove to me that this is all a game and he's not <laughs> actually avoiding all of the best foods in the world actively, um, then I would have calmed down a little bit. But I, you know, I got a swing where there's swinging to be swung and Caleb was standing in front of me. So that's the way it goes. It presented itself, but all in love, 
I know you both love each other. Yes. And uh, for those of you wondering about Caleb, I actually did get to see Caleb when I was out in the uh, the great state of Nebraska, went and had dinner with him, uh, met his darling girlfriend. She's such a sweetheart. She's exactly what you would expect Caleb to find. Um, and, and he's doing well. He smiled the whole time. I should have paid more attention to what he ate. I think it was a uh, kind of like a <laughs> chicken nuggets. Yeah, it was like well, it was like an Asian kind of uh, styled like uh, noodle bowl. So there technically were chicken nuggets Caleb in it. Caleb eats Asian food. Yeah, yeah, went right to the front of the line there. What? Yep. Amazing. I mean, there was He's all sorts so of much. there was all sorts of other things that were really good, like pizza and smash burgers. I never saw him even glance at those. So I now he's scared of burgers. Remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, outside of trying all the Tillamook flavors, which I hear from Caleb actually that um, that they're starting to roll out more flavors in the Midwest, like you guys are getting a little bit more of a, of a sampling. He told me his freezer in his house looks like a, basically a Tillamook freezer right now because he just keeps buying flavors. So other than trying that wonderful ice cream, uh, what else have you been up to, Maria? I have been rolling around in the trucking industry, getting to know drivers, getting to know what's going on, really paying attention to uh, growth there. And it's been wonderful. I've had a really good time doing that. I plan on continuing to do that in my future. And it's, it's really fun to go do that and then come back here and be able to talk to you, see what you've been up to, know that you've come to the Midwest, gotten to hang out at H&M. Um, it's a really fun industry to be to be in. It really is. And I, I will say this, you know, we'll talk about it just a little bit here um, and and more at the end of the episode. But what a great culture that H&M has has fostered. Everybody seems happy. I mean, um, you know, I was getting handshakes and, and pats on the back right when I came in the door. There's a few people that looked at me like, who in the hell is this guy? And then I talked and they were like, oh, I know who he is. And I actually had a couple people come up to me. They're like, we didn't know who this dude with the beard walking around in our office was. But then we heard you talk and we're like, oh, that's that idiot from the podcast. So um, <laughs> I guess that this microphone is is uh, doing what I paid it for. But uh, excellent culture there and and so much fun uh, working in the trucking industry and, and just kind of kind of getting to know everybody. Um, for sure. But it was working uh, in, in the recruiting space has been. Uh, I get to hear a lot more about how the drivers feel and what's going on. Um, and I've actually gotten to talk to some H&M drivers in, in that area, and they really have spoken highly of you and the podcast. Well, I don't know what they're thinking, but thank you guys very much. It, it means the world to me. I'll never, uh, I, you know, choosing this as a career, as a, as a career path is is really tough when you're a person that generally doesn't like much about yourself. And I don't say that to like, you guys should feel sorry for me. I think it might make me better at this because my biggest critic sits right here in this same body and it just hates yeah. everything that happens. And so uh, guys like my audio ninja, Mike, who can make me sound amazing, uh, people like you, Maria, who joined me on the podcast and, and all of the guests that join us here on the H&M Trucking Podcast and in the past on Unplugged OTR are the reason that the drivers like it so much. I'm just the dude that drives the boat. And if you'll notice, most of the time when you're on a boat, you don't hang out with the driver. You leave him alone because he's kind of, you know, he's, he's got something going on. So I, I, <laughs> I get that. Um, but I do have a story for you about my trip to Omaha, and I'm. This is a real egg on my face moment. Okay. Oh, do tell. Um, I, I happen to be very regimented when I travel. I like things to be right out in front of me, so I know exactly what's going to happen, and there's no questions. I got to the Eugene Airport at 4 a.m. Uh, for a 5 a.m. flight on a Sunday morning, and I thought I'd give myself an hour. It's a regional airport. It's very small. There will be no reason that that will not be more than enough time to make my flight. Foreshadowing. Um, when I walked into the airport with my bag, I went up to the, the counter to check it so that they could put it on the plane and fly it with me to Omaha, and there was nobody at the counter. Now, small, regional airport. Um, they didn't have a kiosk that I could use to print myself a bag tag, so I thought, that's no big deal. I have this handy little app on my brand new phone that I just bought the day before, I'll open the app. I'll show my boarding pass to TSA. I'll go check the bag at the gate. These are not problems. Until the app decided that it just wasn't going to work. Every time I signed in, it kicked me back to the sign-in page. I, and I was stuck in this purgatory where I have no boarding pass. 
TSA doesn't give two shits about me. And there's nobody from the airline that I'm flying at the desk to help me. Ensue panic. I got there an hour before my flight and I was still in the front lobby at the airport as that flight took off and flew to Seattle and oh, left no. my happy ass in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> Long story short, I uh, departed 12 hours later. I flew the red eye from Seattle to Omaha. I got about three hours of sleep on the plane. Uh, I then flew from, excuse me, it was Seattle to Chicago, then from Chicago to Omaha. And I made it just in time mm, for uh, the first like. meetings that we had on Monday morning on about three hours of sleep. So for those of you that met me Monday morning and might have thought that I was less friendly than what this podcast might suggest, there was a good reason, and I hated myself until like Tuesday at 3 p.m. is when that feeling finally left. But have you ever missed a flight before? I've never missed a flight before, honestly. Um, fear of mine. I'm flying next week uh, down south, and I am terrified to miss a flight. But um, it sounds to me like you handled it pretty well, and you were running on three hours of sleep. I am a kindred spirit in that way, and we... <laughs> run on three hours of sleep similarly i feel like people who meet me on my no sleep days you have different people in there and they yeah. come out in different circumstances i haven't met but, that guy since college I, I don't know where he came from but he was out and about on monday morning i'll tell you that much well i might have just said hey you know i'm gonna go home and sleep and we'll book a flight tomorrow <laughs> well uh in the realm of things that i would suggest missing a flight does not make the list. Uh, worst worst feeling in the world. Uh, really, I, I've seen these people in the airport leaning over a bag with their head in their hands, and I've always wondered, like, man, I hope that something didn't happen in that guy's family or going through a tough breakup. No, he missed a flight. It's it's the exact same emotional response. Everything's over. My life should end. It's so terrible. It's so complicated. I feel like it's so complicated to make that transition from the missed flight to the new flight and then the connections and it's too much. My brain just shorts out. Yeah, no, mush for at least, like I said, a day and a half, two days. But uh, big ups to everyone at H&M who made me feel right at home. Uh, uh, you know, the guy I was traveling with, Grant, he brought me a six pack of energy drinks for that day. Um, so, you know, was real wired by the end of it. Didn't sleep at all that <laughs> night either. So it, how's it, your heart? Oh, pff, on medication, Maria. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. We're on we're on blood the thinners. Human experience. And yeah, exactly. Just like everyone else. So we we uh we pop a pill every morning for the heart and hope to God that the side effects don't uh don't rear their ugly heads. So far, so good. Um maybe we'll find out more about that later. But <laughs> it's been so awesome just to be able to sit here and chat with you. I don't get to talk to you nearly as much as as I wish I did. We had so much fun uh, doing Unplugged OTR for 18 episodes uh, with Caleb and our audio ninja, Mike, and uh, you were such a big part of that. So it only felt right 10 episodes in to get you back on the podcast, let the drivers know that you're still alive and well, and you still like us. I didn't say anything to uh, to I offend do. you and get you out of here. <laughs> Heavens no. You just sent me on an ice cream mission, that's all. And. Yes, that's another one of my hidden talents right there. Uh, ice cream salesman, podcaster, uh, beard guy, and flight misser. Um, there's there's Marcus in a nutshell. Your resume is growing every day. <laughs> Maria, it's so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Uh, we'll have you back on at some episode in the future. Would be happy to come back. Take care. You too. Man, you just want to tickle my nostalgia bone a little bit. I mean, listen, when we were doing Unplugged OTR, for those of you that haven't checked it out, it was a lot of fun. It was a little less uh, focused. We we got to do a lot of fun little host content. We sent poor Caleb to a truck stop to eat Thanksgiving dinner and take a shower. Not at the same time, but that actually would have been probably a better way to do it. I should have thought of that. I'm going to write that down for next time. Um, but Caleb and Marie and I had a blast getting to know one another and getting to know uh, all of the great drivers from H&M that we were able to profile. Um, so last time I'll say it because I know I repeat myself. Uh, please do go listen to those episodes whenever you can. And I just want to say how awesome it was. A huge shout out and thank you to everyone that works at H&M Trucking. 
Um, we're going to have, uh, of course, Eve will come on uh, the podcast next week. We'll get to hear from James. These are all people that didn't know me the last time they talked to me in person, and now they do. So it should be pretty interesting to hear what they have to say. I'm not special by any means. Please don't make that mistake in thinking that I think people need to know me. Uh, it, it, It's going to work a lot better for them to understand why it is that I am the way that I am. Uh, but I just, I can't believe the culture that I, I witnessed when I was at H&M Trucking from the front office and the top brass all the way down. Uh, everybody was friendly. The shop guys, I was in their way a lot of the time and they were really cool about it. I got to check out some of the equipment. I got to sit in a brand new Volvo truck. Uh, they, they did a photo shoot of me, you guys. There's like some poor gentleman that has 300 plus pictures of my face out there. Uh, what a trip. Thank you to everyone in Omaha. And uh, by extension, those of you that I met in Iowa and in Kansas City, uh, just a just a phenomenal experience for me. As a person that hadn't seen much of the Midwest, I got to say, I like it. I like the whole lunch steak idea. You feed me just a slab of meat at lunch with a salad bar. God, just punch my ticket. I'll come back Anytime that you guys will have me, make sure to stay tuned to the H&M Trucking Podcast every single week. We've got some great episodes planned. We've got some great interviews planned, and it's just going to be that much better knowing that uh, that I've sat in the same room as the people that I'm going to talk to, and we're going to get so much more out of it. So great episodes on the horizon. Check out the social media. Once again, H&M Trucking on Facebook is where you can find us. We'll release an episode every week and there's not a podcast service that you can't find it on. So like, subscribe. Once again, a shout out to Chris Toogood for spending so much time in the parking lot, just letting me uh, tug on his ear and learn some things about drivers. And uh, there was also a new driver that I met out there and I didn't catch his last name, but shout out to you, Nathan. Uh, He actually subscribed to the podcast right in my face and was just about to go to his road test. So I hope everything goes well there. Be safe, drivers. Thanks again for the hospitality. And as always, stay fresh, cheese bags. Thank you for listening to the H&M Trucking Podcast. Please leave a review, subscribe, and connect with Marcus over at the H&M Trucking social media channels. And if you're considering a job at H&M, find us at hmtrucking.com. Until next time, stay safe and ahead of the curve drivers.